What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Monkey Mind Podcast. For those listening who don't know, Flo and I have been running this podcast since late May, early June, and finally, just this past week, we met in person for the first time. It was a historic day for the company, and we're both excited that after over four months of running this together, we finally met. Usually when I know I'm meeting someone for the first time, I get pretty anxious, but this time that background noise was fairly quiet. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I had my trusty daily dose CBD oil in my coffee that morning. Speaking of which, if you want to pick some up yourself, just go to dailydosecbdinc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND to get 10% off your next order. They've got oils, bombs, and even dog treats. That's promo code MONKEYMIND at dailydosecbdinc.com. Today's episode is episode 25 featuring former professional hockey player and University of Maine alum, Connor Lean. So without wasting any more time, let's get to the interview. listening want to welcome on connor lean um connor you went uh you graduated maine the year before i got there and then i took 29 from you but um you know we kind of knew each other growing up just similar paths you went to don bosco went to st peter's played against each other in high school and stuff like that so um just so everyone knows a little bit about you just uh, an introduction where you played growing up where you grew up and your whole hockey career and you know that sort of path yeah definitely um so i'm connor lean uh my first team growing up, I played for the Bear Mountain Bears. So this was, uh, it was single A. Um, it was about 15 minutes from my hometown in Monroe, New York. And they played in an outdoor rink. Uh, my grandfather actually, he coached me for a lot of my youth career. And then um, I made the jump over to the Saints organization. Got a taste of like triple A youth hockey played in the Atlantic League while and then um, fast forward a few years ended up playing for the New Jersey Hitmen and um, during my time there I went to Bosco so I went to, to Don Bosco prep I think you know you and I probably crossed paths a few times when um, I was playing there from Bosco and the Hitmen I went up to Maine played four years at Maine and then um, kind of jumped around in the minors for a bit before heading over to Europe for um, a short, short stint. <laughs> yeah, where'd you uh, where'd you go in Europe? It was Italy, right? Yeah, so I went. Um, I had a, a really good season with Wheeling in um, in Pittsburgh's organization, and then my rights I got dealt. I got traded for a future futures trade at the beginning of that year. So like I had no choice. I had to go up to Brampton or it was to go to Cortina, Italy. And okay. I was like, wow, Cortina seems like a really good opportunity. And I yeah. kind of jumped at that um, and then head, headed over there. Yeah, nice. That must have been, a, I don't know, a nice experience. I mean, Cortina is probably beautiful. Did, uh, is that the same spot that um, Gite played? I believe Gite did play there. Yeah, yeah, they had some studs there in the lockout too. I think like they won the whole thing in 05 when the lockout happened. And yeah, they they have a funny way of do, doing things over there. Like they put me on, uh, you know, an Aeroflot or Aero, whatever it's called, flight through Russia. So I was like on a day's worth of travel just to get there. And then when I arrived, like, I had no idea who was picking me up. I had no service, no nothing. Like, I'm walking through the Venice airport. I have no idea where to go. I'm just, like, a dude with a hockey bag. Some guy comes over, like, taps me on the shoulder. He's like, come with me. 
I'm like, all right, this seems pretty legit. So I, I like hopped in his car and then uh, I'm like, are we, we going to the rink? Like, what are we doing? And he's like, he brings me to this like small town, probably a half hour away from Venice. Um, and they start like hooking up all these machines to me and like kind of like bagging me, like having me like, you know, testing my heart and doing all these things. I'm like, just fresh off my last surgery because like I had groin surgery like a month prior um so I'm like in no shape to do this I didn't really think I'd get like thrown into the fire like this but apparently they uh they had different plans and then after that it was like another hour and a half um drive where this guy was like driving 800 miles an hour um (laughs) up to uh to Cortina and then we got to Cortina and that night they basically were like, all right, man, you're playing. So like my, I pretty much was on no sleep and then got up there and, and uh, played my first game actually, actually scored the the game winner in that game. So that felt kind of nice, but I was like hobbling around the rink on one, one groin. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Were there a lot of Americans over there at the time or were you one of the only ones or North American? Yeah. Say? So I think you're allowed like four or five imports per team and there was a kid that I played with. He was actually like, uh, he was a draft pick of, I want to say Detroit, like years, years ago, obviously. And, uh, he, he played with me in wheeling and he actually gave me the nod. He was like, yeah, I'm going to Europe. Like I think there might be a spot for one last import. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you should reach out and like, see, you know, what's going on over there. So, uh, his, his name is Zach Torquato. I went over with him. He was one of like, four and i think the other three were canadians there might might have been one american with me yeah uh, it's always nice having a couple of guys from like north america and it helps make those transitions a lot easier i'm sure so yeah it helped with the travel a lot like we uh you know like away from the rink and stuff we we saw some some sites and got to go a few different cool places so it's definitely nice you know having um you know somebody else who spoke english and then even further like somebody i i spent a year with or two two guys actually that i spent a year with um the year the year before it was it was really nice to have them with me yeah no definitely um so i mean obviously as you know uh we're obviously the podcast talks about you know athletes and mental health and um <clears throat> correct me if i'm wrong but you actually have always for i think majority of your life have had a crohn's disease correct yeah, so actually, um, I was diagnosed with it my freshman year up at Maine. So, like, okay. you know how you, like, go there a little bit early to, like, start training, get yourself acclimated, like, get into college classes and do that sort of thing? We were, uh, we were up and we were working with Terry O'Neill. I don't – he wasn't the strength coach when you were there. Obviously, there was a change when I was there. But, um, you know, I came in probably at the best shape of my life, like 180 pounds. I'm, like, not a huge guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. So like any little bit of weight that I could pack on during a summer, like helped a ton. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I just like started feeling like really, really terrible. Like the worst I've ever felt in my life. No, uh, no exaggeration there. And I probably lost like 40 pounds in, I'm not even kidding, two weeks. Like couldn't hold anything in, couldn't keep anything down. And I'm like, you know, I'm so nervous because like, here I am like getting up to school. I'm training like an animal. I'm boozing with my friends, like having a great time, (laughs) doing everything you want to be doing as, you know, a freshman, the first time you're like really away from home with like no supervision. Pretty much you're, you're a grown adult. And, um, 
and then, you know, for, for that to happen and to happen so quickly and for not, you know, for you not to know what your body is doing is like a huge, huge, like slap in the face. It's like a big reality check. You're not bigger than anything. And like, for me, you know, I, the only reason I kind of knew what it was is because my best friend happens to have the exact same thing. So for whatever reason, like we were the two unlucky ones that, that got this, but I don't think like, had he not had it, I would have no idea what was going on with me. I would have thought, you know, I was probably just dying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I remember being at a party one night and just uh, like, to be honest with you, I just couldn't, I didn't leave the bathroom. Like I was just like, what's going on? And then uh, I stayed in bed for a few days, like missed all my workouts, missed classes, was, you know, doing whatever I needed to do to, to try and feel better. And it just like wasn't happening. So um, I wound up driving home with, you guys know who John Parker is? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was a, well, he was like a Jersey kid, right? But he lived in Michigan for a bit. And he was yeah, J- JP, he was, he was an absolute beauty. He, he, uh, he wound up leaving Maine early for, for some, some reasons, but he, you know, me and him, we wound up driving home together. And if he, if he wasn't there to drive my car, like there's no shot I would have made it home. It's just uh-huh. like that. Wow. Yeah. For those who are listening and don't know what it exactly is Crohn's disease, if you can kind of tell everybody what it is and kind of what it does to your, to your body. I mean, yeah. I'm sure hearing that was probably like super scary. And like you said, you're not, you realize you're not bigger than anything. It's a huge reality check. So just kind of yeah. walk everybody through like what it is and kind of your whole like thought process from, you know, finding that out and what steps you took to. Definitely. Um, so without getting like too disgusting into it, like it's, um, it's an intestinal disease. So I guess first and foremost, like for a hockey player, I think the most important thing is like, obviously your body and nutrition and what goes into it. So for whatever reason, when, you know, I'm digesting food, my body isn't digesting correctly. So what happens is you're not absorbing any of the nutrients that you really need. So one, one thing that comes with that obviously is like a lot of weight loss. And I think that's what you saw. I went from 180 pounds to 140 in two weeks. Like anyone who's not a doctor would know, like, the first call on that is like, you should go see a doctor. Mm. And, um, and then further to that, like it makes eating like super difficult. You're not hungry because like anything you eat just comes straight out of you, like just straight through you liquid form, not great. And then, you know, I was dealing with that. And then the, the, the bigger kicker is like, you have no energy you have zero energy. You feel like shit completely like all the time because your body has no nutrients, has no food in you. Like I remember specifically going up to Vermont one weekend when it was really bad. And I was like, obviously you're, you're not allowed to use the bathrooms on the bus. Like that's the biggest fine in history. So like, (laughs) um, I literally, I'm not even kidding you. I didn't eat a meal the entire trip, the entire trip, like not one not one meal. Cause I wasn't hungry. Like when I got there, anything I was eating, I was like afraid to do anything. Like it was literally the most miserable thing. Like I've ever, ever been through. I'm not exaggerating. Like, it was bad. How did you manage the mental side of that? Cause like, obviously it's frustrating, but like, obviously you feel like shit the whole time and yeah. you know, you want to perform at your best and obviously college hockey is so demanding on the body. So mentally, where did you find yourself um, 
I mean, after you knew or before you knew or, you know, during the whole process before um, you really got a hold of a good of the basics of the disease itself? Yeah. So that's a, that's a very good question. Like for me, I think initially I did, I was so worried about what was going on with my body. Like the, like the first thing you think of, like you hit the boards hard and you break an ankle. It's like, Oh my God, my season's like gone. And it's like, it's over for me. This hit me so hard. I was like, am I going to die? Like, and that kind of took over mentally for me. It was just like, how do I figure out how to make this better? And like, how to get better before I even like think about the next step. And obviously like it was tough because I really hadn't established myself at Maine yet. Right. Like they knew I was like a pretty highly touted recruit coming in. I would say at that point, cause, or, you know, or at least that's what the coaches were telling me at that time, <laughs> um, which I, I bet everyone hears that in some, you know, way, shape or form. But, um, you know, for me, I was, I was even afraid to say anything like in the beginning, like I didn't want any chance to give these coaches a reason to like, not play me in the first game like I was there for a reason like I wanted that so I think for me just like keeping my you know my attention like focused on how to prepare for that first game was huge like obviously you know I have a great family and I had a lot of support from them but I'm sure you know they were just trying to keep me calm because they they knew the severity of what was going on um like no one else and I think you know that that helped a ton when I went home, I got some time to, you know, my mom is unbelievable. My dad's an amazing person. Like they were both, you know, putting like Porter potties in the back of, they were renting like U-Haul vans and stuff, putting that in there to like pick me up and drive me places. And like my mom is force feeding me like, like shakes. Like I, like if I broke my jaw and had no teeth, she's just like, drink these, drink these, drink these. And then, you know, that I think there was like maybe like a good three or four weeks in between the time when I left Maine in the summer and then when I had to be back for the first day of classes. So I was able to like get on some meds that, you know, they didn't really help. They weren't helping, but they were kind of like slowing down the process a bit, which was like nice because it gave me like, it gave me some hope where I was like, okay, medication can slow this down. Like, you know, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. Like, that's great. So I was like kind of focused on that. And then when I got back up to Maine, I was just like dealing with it. You know what I mean? Like anyone else would like you're yeah. a hockey player, like stuff happens, like you just deal with it. And like, I think that was it for me. I knew, I knew I wasn't at my, my best. Like we were doing, I remember coach, coach Whitehead, who was unbelievable through it all with me. He's very like big on off ice testing and stuff like this. So I get in there and like, <laughs> these guys, especially coming in as a freshman, were like a bunch of seniors. Like my team, for whatever reason, was a bunch of animals. Like these guys were lifting the most weight. They were running, you know, as fast as, you know, cheetahs. And I was just like, this is impossible to keep up with. Like, but after I realized like there was just no way, like I was, I was going to be able to compete like that. I just kind of focused on things that I could control. And like, for one, like, my on ice game, I put the most attention to because I knew like off ice, I was just so tired. So I was just like trying to figure out how to make the best of the situation. And that's kind of, you know, the route I took, I wound up playing in the first game at like 145 pounds. And I know like for you guys, you've both played at that level. It's just like, not really, it's not real. 
Yeah, especially when you drop so much weight so quickly, you're not even used to that playing weight. So that alone is. Um, yeah, I was like know, a malnourished a child. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have facial hair. I was just you know malnourished child, yeah. like thrown on the left wing there, just like uh-huh. figured out. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. Uh, yeah, man. So, I'm sure you well, go ahead, Flo. No, you got it. I was gonna say, I like. That's the worst feeling is when your body's not moving it the way that you want it to and, and you feel like shit because you're so sluggish because you drop all this weight and you dropped in the most unhealthy possible way. Your body's adjusting to that. And you're a freshman. You want to go in make a good impression. Like this is the start of your career, for your career, playing college hockey, everyone's dream. And it's just like eh, eh, that'll take a toll on you for sure. And like you said, like, hot, like you know, you don't want to really bring it up too much to the coaches because you didn't want to give them any reason to scratch you because at that level it's so competitive where the slightest edge can, you know, you can beat a guy out or get beaten out. So, yeah, I can only imagine how much, stre- how much stress you were under and how, uh, how tough that whole thing must have been to, to, you know, find that out and not know what was going on, lose all that weight. probably pretty brutal at the time, you know? Yeah, you think, I mean, you know, as, as a – 17 year old kid or however old I was like that's your whole world and like once it happens it just like crumbles in front of you and there's just it's not one of those things where you can just like fix it right like you just don't know because mm-hmm. it's 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 out of your control so I think once I was able to like understand what was going on and kind of just like you know mature myself in my own way I was able to to deal with it a little bit better I got myself a nutritionist and stuff like that but you know nothing nothing outside of the medicine really you know really could help you because you're exerting all this energy and you're you know you're such a high level level athlete that you're working so hard your body is getting all jumbled inside it doesn't know what's going on and you know you mix that with a you know a severe disease like colitis or Crohn's or you know any autoimmune disease like that and it's you know it's a pretty pretty real and pretty scary thing oh yeah definitely it's it's crazy to think about because like you think about I mean before all this happened if you're playing on soft ice and then all of a sudden after the first period your legs are completely gassed you start to you know almost panic and just your body feels like shit you don't know how to handle it and to think that you basically probably what five weeks to adjust to a 40 40 pound weight loss like i i i wouldn't have been able to do it on i don't know how you did it because if my legs are shit after first period because the ice is you know soft and whatnot i think any hockey player can feel that you you know you get pissed off you're not in the right mindset so for you to be able to handle that and then play the first game is um pretty remarkable so i mean good for you on that one um I, I just you know it's pretty it's pretty impressive and you know for anyone that I'm sure there's so many other hockey players that may struggle with it or um have something along the same um you know effect uh, I think them listening to this they'll definitely be motivated yeah dude and and you had a super good like super good career at Maine and you know we're we're a top guy there and contribute a ton offensively. And, you know, with that start, scary start, and then still being able to put together a really fucking awesome career and then play pro after. Yeah. Like, like flow set, super impressive. And that that's, uh, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate that guys. Yeah. I'd say like, you know, the first two years were, were super tough and like, especially my freshman year, I battled with it a lot. And then sophomore year was, you know, 
kind of one of those those moments where it's like you have everything and then everything could be taken from you again. Like I, you know, I, I started the year pretty hot. I was leading the team in points. And then like, I told you that Vermont weekend came, I didn't eat a meal and I literally called my mom up on the bus, like on the ride home. Like, and I never like, you know, I'm not one to quit, especially for hockey, like do anything to play hockey. I was the guy that's, you know, I've always been the kid that was on the, the pond all day. And like, you know, I get, I get uh, on the bus after that Vermont weekend and I'm like getting thrown around like a rag doll. And I'm like, listen, like I, I can't do it anymore. Like I'm coming home. So I, and I, I like missed like second half of the season or whatever it was. Like, I don't know how many total games I played that, um, that season, but that was really tough. And then that jump that summer from sophomore year to junior year, I switched medications and that was kind of it for me. I was able, like, I saw some, again, like I, I saw some, uh, some my like small effects helping me, helping me, helping me. And then out of nowhere, it just got like way, way better. Like not never completely to where I'm at now. I think I just know my body really well now just from dealing with it forever. But, um, you know, that my junior, late junior year, senior year was, it was pretty good for that. Yeah. Where, where exactly are you at now? I mean, obviously you're saying that you're in, way better than you were when you first started but what was that whole process like to get to where you are now was a lot of trial and error and what's what's it now it's a daily medication you know obviously you don't have to tell us everything but just kind of you know whatever you you know feel free to share it's actually um so i was on like a lot of pills in the beginning maybe like taking 10 pills a day or whatever it was and then um i switched to like an intravenous so it's it's called remicade and um, you get it every eight weeks. It's basically like an IV that is basically like when you go to the hospital, you just get it a drip like that. And it's the same exact process. So I sit there for like an hour and a half, get this drip of medication called Remicade. And then that's it. You just, you just leave no more pills, no nothing. And wean myself all ill. I'm just, uh, I mean, it kind of stinks having to go to the, the doctor every eight weeks, but you know, it's better than, uh, you know, than the other option. Yeah, no, exactly. So you're going to the hot, so you have to go to the hospital then, right? You said, and then they do it. Or you go to any doctor, or is there like a certain person that go that you go to that helps you out with that or? Yeah. So when I was in Maine, it was like going to a hospital and okay. you know how like that stinks. Like you're, you're waiting yeah. for like three hours to so yeah. get this. Yeah. But, uh, here, like I obviously live back in Manhattan. Um, so it's easy. They have specialists for everything. I just go there. They know who I am. I sit in like a nice comfy chair. They come right in, you know, hook it up to my arm and I'm in and out in like an hour and a half. So it's like, you know, I leave work at four and I'm back home by six. It's, it's, it's really not a, a big deal anymore. Yeah. yeah once you must put your mind to rest too, though, having, you know, kind of an easier process that gives you, more results rather than the 10 pills and not having the same feeling that you get now with the IV and uh, allows you to focus on other things too. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like it's reliable, right? Like if like, say I want to wake up and go play golf at 6am, like in the past I would have to wake up at five and like kind of get my body going just to see like what would happen. So I wasn't, you know, panicking and sweating bullets in the car ride you god forbid the course is more than six minutes down the road like there's a chance you know what i mean like yeah so it's always it's always like it's always about preparing yourself and like 
there is it's it's like an anxiety thing almost like the car for whatever reason is the worst part about the disease just because like no access to to run to a bathroom like there's no hiding from when you're in a car like you're there and that's it it's just you and that car that's yeah and i'll just leave it at that you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah exactly so, so now with that iv that you take with uh every eight weeks do you still get the same feeling when you get in a car or has it gotten better since? Yeah. So I guess you could like call it urgency, if you will. Like that's, yeah. that's not a thing anymore. Like yeah, for okay. me at least, um, which I'm very, very grateful for because urge, like if you guys ever had it, like, you know, when you're sick or whatever, like urgency absolutely destroys quality of life. Like you can't, you can't be a normal person. You can't drink alcohol. You can't do like any of that stuff. Like, I mean, granted, I was still doing that, which was probably bad, a bad combo at the time, but I wasn't, like, really prepared to, like, give up my whole college experience and everything like that. Like, I was just kind of – I was just rolling with the punches pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the way you can look at it is, like, you didn't let it define you or your college career if you want to find the positive in it, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely – it was definitely – big for my character like it it helps you grow up quick for sure yeah. you mature as a person because you have those bad days and like you're not a normal kid anymore like you're just you're just not you know what i mean you you can't do the same things that everyone else does like i remember 6 a.m we're we're waking up to climb mount katahdin and i'm like <laughs> jesus like why why am i doing and you know what, like, I'm part of the team, like, I'm doing it, like, I, I really never made an excuse, like, one day at Maine, I would never let my, you know, because if I could, if I could play in a game, then I'd better be able to do all the other stuff, and, like, I get how people would be, like, yo, why wouldn't you just, like, skip this, and, and do this, or, like, just say you can't do this run because of this, and I'm just, like, because, I'm one, I'm just, like, not gonna do that, and two, it's just, like, not in my DNA, so, like, you know, and I'm, I'm grabbing the bag from Dunkin' Donuts and I'm like 17 like yards off the trail and I'll be like, I'll meet you guys there. Like that's yeah. kind of how it went for a little bit. Good thing I had my buddy Stu Higgins who was right there with me really doing the same thing. No disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you guys, uh, were you guys roommates? You and Stu, who'd you room with your no, freshman no. year? No, I was, no, I was roommates with John Parker my freshman year. Okay. And then, and then I moved to the Grove of Parker and then Parker early departed. And then oh, then that was a Usarian tags, right? Usarian <laughs> yeah. tags together in my junior year, which was <laughs> definitely an interesting household um, to be a part of. Yeah. That was, it's good times. I can only imagine. Um, so obviously you're not the first player to kind of go through these things as far as, with, you know, having a, an autoimmune disease and you won't be the last. So, I mean, for anyone listening, a, a kid who was in your you know position, or even someone who's experiencing it earlier, what's kind of some words of advice that you tell them that maybe you wanted to hear, you know, at the time or something that you wish you knew back, you know, back when you were kind of dealing with this at first? Yeah, I would say, you know, I think my best piece of advice would just try and stay mentally stable and try and stay even keel because, you know, it could always get better, which is awesome, but, you know, it could always get worse. And it's like, there are points where I was like, why is this happening to me? Like, this is so bad. Like, this is terrible. And then two weeks later, I would, I would be I like, wish to be myself 
the two weeks prior and be like, Oh my God, that wasn't that bad. Like this now, this is, <laughs> this is really bad. So it's like, you have to just, you know, play the, play the hand you're dealt and make the most of it, you know, no matter what it might be. And I think, you know, there's a lot of situations that, you know, might not be an autoimmune deficiency or it might be, you know, it might just be anxiety or something like that. And I think once you kind of just, you know, focus on yourself and take a step back and, you know, realize that there's a, the world is a big place and there's a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, if you're a hockey player, you know, hockey might seem like your world at the time, but you know, there's, there's a lot more to it. So it's just about, you know, figuring out what you want in life and then figuring out, you know, how you want to do it. And I think that would be my best piece, piece of advice. Just stay even keel and just be in the moment and just, you know, figure it out. Yeah. Being able to roll with the punches, it's the best way to go about it. I mean, yeah. All right. Now <clears throat> we appreciate you having coming on, man, and, and, you know, opening up about this. I know it's not easy and it can be a sensitive subject, but you know, we hope that this will help somebody else who's going through the exact same thing. And I know that uh, obviously, you know, we had Selman on, uh, it was it two weeks ago. So, uh, and you guys are working together over at top line, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been an absolute blast over there. Um, we actually, we just hired a third too. Do you know, uh, RJ Burns? Yeah. Yeah. So we just hired RJ. RJ, uh, went to West Point for a year and then played a little bit, uh, in Sweden and stuff like that. And he's been, he's been great. The business has been definitely fun. You know, you, you get a taste of that youth hockey world again. And it's just like what I would do to go back, man. Like yeah. these kids are so lucky. And, um, you know, we have a lot of connections in the area just because like, just like you, me and Selman, you know, grew up in this area, grew up playing here, know a lot of people still in the hockey community. And, you know, I, I think, for as new of a business as it is like it's caught on pretty quickly and you know i'm super happy about it because i think you know the product we're giving is you know really great for these kids i always say like if you or i had something like this when we were growing up i think we would be there all the time like it's just it's a cool place to be it's it's a culture it's an atmosphere and at the end of the day you know you're getting better you're not you're not there for no reason so um really really excited about it and, and excited to see you know what the future holds within the company yeah it looks like a lot of fun too which i think is as you know is the most important thing but obviously you know stuff that you guys are doing um with both the glyce and the off ice stuff just the weight training it looks like they're definitely getting better and having a lot of fun which you know so that's yeah. the most important thing like i said so uh no it's it's an awesome operation you guys got going over there so really cool stuff you guys are doing. So no, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, Justin is, you know, an animal in the weight room and he's, he's so dialed in with his diet and stuff. Like he's been such an asset, like on that side of things, he's, you know, we were talking about it at first and he's like, you know, I've trained with some of the best strength coach and conditioning coaches like in the world. Like, how am I going to go and teach this? And I'm like, well, just do what you were taught, man. Like, and yeah. and he's done a phenomenal job. I think we have one. I, I want to say he's like fourteen years old, and he's a pretty like undersized kid. And I think Justin's helped him put on like ten pounds of like lean muscle. That's so awesome. yeah, so I mean he's getting results, and it's just like incredible to see. And I think it's really good for him and for all of us because there's like fulfillment with that. You know what I mean? Like it's not you know you're helping someone achieve their goals, and I think that's just you know, an awesome place to be.
Yeah. No, and, and you guys care too. And there's uh, I, you know, it is, there's a lot of people out there offering kind of a similar stuff, but it's like the intentions, you're not sure where they're at and the quality of work that the kids are getting, you're not sure. But obviously you both have played at super high level, you know, the highest possible levels and you guys know what it takes and you guys are giving back to this community. And, you know, there's not really, there's a lot of great players that come out of our area, but there's not a lot of places like this. So that's awesome that you guys are being able to come back and give back to the, you know, the, the area and give quality training, which is the most important thing. So that's awesome. You guys are doing that. hundred percent. And like, I will say, like, I think, you know, there's a lot of similarities between me and Justin and all of them might not be within our, our actual, you know, hockey games, but um, I will say like mentally, like just super driven, super focused and like very tough on yourself. Like I never really had external pressure from my parents or anything like that, like ever in my career. My, my grandfather was probably my biggest hockey influence ever and, you know, never would get on me, just more constructive criticism and stuff like that. And I think I see a lot of that in Justin as well. Like he's just super like hard on himself. And I think we carry that into you know, the top line atmosphere, like we expect a lot out of these kids, like we're going to have a great time, but like when you're there, like, let's get better. Right. Like let, you're not here for no reason. So I think that's, you know, that's, that's my biggest focus. And my biggest add to this, to this is just, I want people to have the same drive that I had. And like, you know, you get your clients that, that have it and you already see it and you don't need to do anything because they already have it. And then you have the ones that you know, we're never exposed to this type of hockey or stuff like that. And, and now that they're seeing it, they're starting to get it. So like you're adding value from so many different um, facets. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And your guys' social media is what? Just so everyone can kind of, you know, everyone who's listening, if they're in the area where they yeah. can touch with you. It's just at top line hockey um, cool. on Instagram. We have a Facebook too, but I think, you know, if, if you want to get a hold of us or if you want to see anything that's semi cool, um, yeah. just check us out on Instagram at top line hockey. Yep. And you guys are in Fairlawn, right? Yeah, or, right. In New Jersey. Fairlawn, New Jersey. Yeah. That's your backyard, right? Yeah. Like five, 10 minutes right there. So we'll have to, we'll have to do a little monkey mind uh, podcast collab and get you, uh, oh. <laughs> you and Florentino out there shooting some. <laughs> again yeah we'd love that down i'm pretty close i'm in connecticut right now so there you go perfect but no lena thanks again man really appreciate you coming on so yeah thanks again for taking the time to talk to us so thank you yeah absolutely guys it was uh it's a pleasure to be on thanks for having me